sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. You may not think of this as a religious freedom issue, but did you know that many employers are reluctant to let their workers take time off when they have lost a loved one to fulfill what are, for many, participation in religious rituals and traditions and how we say goodbye to to family members when they die. But there's legislation here in California we've been pursuing for many years. And here to talk about it, my guest today, Scott Bernstein, is an attorney who serves as co-chair of the Legislative Committee and a board member of the California Employment Lawyers Association, an organization that I have been proudly part of for many, many years. Scott, welcome to Freedom's Ring, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. So we call it bereavement leave. Where did the idea for this bill come from? You were telling me in an email this week. Well, it's an interesting thing. One of our members, Peter Rukin, one of our longtime members of SELA, had a case in which he had a client who who had family leave for, and I believe it was her father, and um, her father died, and she needed the next day off, and she got fired for it. And Peter rightly thought it was ridiculous that you have all this these leave policies, but then if you lose your loved one and you're a complete wreck, you have to come into work or lose your job. And it just struck him as palpably unfair. And so that was the genesis of our 2007 attempt through uh, Senator Corbett to have a bereavement leave bill that would protect employees in, in that situation. So companies are really requiring workers to come to work when they're grieving the loss of a loved one. They, some are. I mean, the good employers aren't doing that. There are a lot of employers that are doing it right. There are employers who can rightly figure out that, I mean, to take an extreme example, uh, if an airline pilot had just lost a spouse, you might not want to be on that pilot's plane. <laughs> you know, that people would be performing at less than 100%. And just so from a standpoint of, in some cases, public safety, and in any event, common sense, any employer ought to be able to figure this out. But uh, there are employers, sadly, there are employers that are more about uh, exercising and their complete and total control over the employee than they are about um, much else. So our organization, the Church State Council, I think our records show our first involvement in this issue in California was circa 2011, you know, and we got involved because, of course, it is a religious liberty issue. Because for so many Americans, you know, there are religious rituals and traditions around funerals and how we grieve the loss of our, our loved one. So we see it as a religious freedom issue. Um, but um, just a basic kind of employment law standpoint, Scott, it strikes me that the employers who don't get it uh, tend to treat workers as somehow less than human in the first place. Is that too strong? 
I know. I, I think, sadly, I think it is true. And, and it's, it's not limited to bereavement leave policies. I mean, it shows up in a lot of other ways in which they are expecting, they're expecting some sort of superhuman, inhuman kind of performance. They're not accepting the idea that these are actual human beings sometimes. And I'm not saying the vast majority of employers do that, but there are, there are bad employers. You know, most drivers don't drive drunk, but you need laws against drunk driving because a few do and they can do vast damage in the process. And in a way, this is not that different. You mentioned 2011. We actually had success in the legislature and two vetoes from Governor Schwarzenegger uh, with bills like this, uh, Peter Rukin's bill idea in 2007 and then again in 2010. And uh, then we we got a veto in 2011, and that's the bill you're talking about. And then we tried again in 2020, but uh, due to COVID restrictions, we were just not able to get uh, get it heard in Senate Judiciary. And then this year, finally. We got, uh, we, we got the votes we needed. We got through committee and we got, uh, through both houses. And so now it's, it's on, uh, uh, the governor's desk. And I hope that this is going to be, you know, that the, uh, the sixth time will be the charm. Uh, do you recall, did Governor Schwarzenegger give any particular reason why he vetoed the bill? Yeah, actually, this is what he said at the time. This is what he said in 2010. He said, this bill is nearly identical to Senate Bill 549, which I vetoed. That was the one from 2007. And he says, goes on to say, while well-intentioned, the choice of whether or not to offer unpaid bereavement leave should be left to the employer. Further, this bill would impose new and somewhat ambiguous burdens on businesses as well as subjecting them to new threats of litigation over California-specific employment laws. During this challenging economic period, I am unwilling to add new burdens on them and subject them to new grounds for lawsuits. And he was tying it to the to the bad economic conditions in 2010, but we didn't have those conditions in 2007 when he vetoed it the first time. So, um, but you know, we see this so often from Republicans, and I don't mean to pick on Republicans, but um, you know, when it comes to a choice between religious freedom and business, typically we see Republicans choosing business over religious freedom, and we've done some some shows discussing the Civil Rights Act and efforts to amend it to protect people of faith in the workplace. And we've never gotten anywhere in Congress, never gotten any meaningful Republican support for that very reason. Because when it comes to the rights of religious workers in the workplace, uh, the rights of business trump. Uh, and mind you, it's not that we've gotten further with Democrats either. I don't know that the legislature looks at bereavement leave as a, you know, religious freedom issue the way I do. Uh, but um, the fact that it's taken us 15 years to just recognize basic respect, right? I mean, you know, for a human being, we've all lost loved ones, right? Are you in any shape to go to work the next day or two? After, you know, your wife or your father died? Yeah, well, you know, I think a good and decent person would not be. I mean, I mean, that's my take on it. And in any event, a large percentage of people would not be. And so the employers can really be in denial in these situations. And they're just not willing to. I mean, there's, there's a complete lack of empathy. And whether people are religious or not, religions address this in part because it is such a core and obvious human issue. 
Sure. People are in pain. But see, you know, some of the companies that I've had to sue over and over and over again, some of the larger companies that depend for their success on the quality of their workforce, and yet they treat people like they're just, you know, a number, really, not a human being. They're just fungible. And if you're not, you know, able to do what we want, when we want, et cetera, you know, out you go. Yeah, it's a hard and cold way to be. And uh, ultimately, it doesn't create respect from the employees. I mean, employers complain that an employee will just, uh, you know, jettison a job to take a slightly higher paying job. And they expect the employee, you know, I think a lot of cases, the employers have pretty unrealistic expectations. But, you know, Scott, so one of my closest childhood friends, he went to Wharton to business school and he was on Wall Street for, you know, 15 or 20 years. And um, we've had this discussion about how it is that companies don't recognize that treating their employees well is good for business. But he, you know, even though he's coming from what assumed to be a very strongly pro-business kind of uh, career, he gets it. And surely, you know, the companies that you and I haven't sued, you know, are the ones that get it because we see the ones that don't get it, right? Right. But there are good employers out there that get it, and they have tremendous employee loyalty. You can look at airlines. You know, I like looking at the airline industry in this context, because while no airline is perfect in this regard, Southwest has a far better relationship with its employees than most airlines do. They have huge loyalty. But the thing is, the loyalty goes in both directions. That's the key. And you can look at other good employers. I have a thing I call the Stein Matrix, and it's a two-by-two matrix of how do they treat customers and how do they treat employees. In the good, good section of the matrix where they treat both well, there aren't a whole lot of companies that are in that category, but a few are. Southwest, I see, is one of them. Uh -huh. REI is a nice example. Sure. And, you know, if you look at these companies and, and they do well, it's not like they're suffering financially because they're doing the right thing. If anything, they're excelling, uh, you know, financially. But Costco is another example. That's you know, the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I was when you said that, you know, because... As much as it may feel satisfying to me to name some of the really bad ones, um, I'd rather refrain from that and just call out some of the better ones. But Costco treats its its workers very, very well. Well, and, you know, Costco has competitors that aren't that are known for not doing that. And what's interesting is if you look at Costco's numbers, I mean, they pay a lot more. They have better benefits, but still on the, the, the classic numbers that are used to judge success in retail. Dollars, you know, revenue per square foot, profit per square foot, revenue per employee and profit per employee. Costco outperforms its less its less enlightened competitors in all four categories. Wow. At least last I checked. Wow. And, you know, so it's not as though you lose money by being good. I mean, <laughs> ultimately. Well, and this is my point, you know, is there are examples like Costco in very competitive industries. I mean, they're, you know, with companies like Walmart and, and Target, you know, very, very competitive, that end of, of retail. But uh, doing right by your workers is good for business. That's the point. But somehow, uh, you know, the whole American notion of free market capitalism has become much more Darwinian, much more sort of survival of the fittest dog-eat-dog -dog, and very harsh and cruel in many sectors. That is absolutely right. I think that is absolutely right. There are certain mental disconnects 
that feed into that. And one of the ones that I identified years and years ago, and I see it everywhere, is that, well, people like to quantify the things that they know how to quantify. But for the things they don't know how to quantify, they like to treat those, they like to pretend that those things are zero. So it's hard to quantify the risks and the reduced performance and the human side of bereavement leave, for example. So they, they will, the employers may be saying, well, you know, this is nothing. I mean, we, we can't deal with this because they can't quantify it. And so, I mean, but it's, it's an area, it's, it's, a, it's a thinking error ultimately on the part of businesses and any other entity that's engaging if you're if you're not if you're not taking into account these things that are hard to quantify and at least acknowledging that well that you know even though we don't know how to quantify it it could be pretty big could be pretty important then you make bad decisions well human beings can't be reduced to to numbers um we've been speaking with attorney scott bernstein about efforts to pass bereavement leave, uh, laws requiring employers to give several days of unpaid leave to workers upon the death of a close family member. It's sitting on Governor Newsom's desk, and I hope this is something that becomes contagious and that workers around America will at least have enough respect from companies uh, to be allowed to go and bury the dead. Scott, thank you for being with us on Freedom's Ring. Thank you, Alan. As we close, remember at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate, all one word, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. And be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Ronach. Until next week, let freedom ring.